You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. Baby, and hurry up and say. 
everybody and hurry up with saving the That's who it is. Sandy and Richard. Oh, Riccardi. Sorry. Riccardi. I'm glad I I'm glad I double checked. Um, uh, <laughs> Jack Smith, baby. Hopefully you got to see Jack Smith. We'll we'll relive his very brief announcement a little later. But let's get started because, um, you know, I uh, once the news came down last night, I'm thinking, who should I invite on? to talk about what's going on. And and frankly, I, you know, I couldn't think of anyone better. Oh, hold on. I got to get um I got to get the uh the shot set up because silly me, I wasn't ready. Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to bring Lisa on with the with the picture and then I'm going to yeah, I we got Lisa video today. So I'm going to fix that in just a moment. Hey Lisa Graves. Hello, Nicole. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for being here. So, yes, Lisa was the first person I thought. I was like, Lisa, let's see if Lisa's available. And I shut her off a quick email last night. I'm like, can you please come on tomorrow? And and thankfully you were available. So I'm guessing that you read the full uh, 49 pages of 37 indictments against the former guy today, as I did. I did. uh, All 37 counts and also the penalties that uh, are described for those felonies. And um, I, I think it's a, a good day for America uh, for the principle that no one is above the law. Most definitely. I'm, I'm you know, we're going to get into it a little bit as I try to get the, this shot set up. Um, the, 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 were you surprised? I mean, we knew that something was going to happen and, and we were told that it could be even as soon as... Um, you know, uh, last night. And sure enough, um, I'm in here, you know, furiously trying to post yesterday's show after the, um, uh, after, uh, uh, God, I, I'm going to pull you down here so that I could just bring you in. Sorry. I'm, I'm, see, I, I, my producer, you know, occupies the same body as I do. And sometimes <laughs> right. it's, it's, uh, it just doesn't want to work like this. I, I'm going to keep working on it. We'll get. Well, I finally have you on video, and the video's not working. Anyway, so right. last night, go back out and come back in. <laughs> uh, no, no, you stay there because it's all on my end. I said so. I'm in my office, you know, in the studio trying to post the show, and David says, "Uh, uh, uh it's it's coming, it's coming down." I'm like, what? And I ran out there really fast to, um, yeah, to hear the news that uh, it was indicted. And last night we heard it was like seven counts. Then today we hear it's 37 counts. Um, Is this along the lines of what you expected, Lisa Graves? 
Well, it certainly it certainly is, although there's far more detail than I imagined. But, you know, we we'd seen some reports about the fact that the FBI was particularly interested in the videos, uh, the video surveillance uh, at Mar-a-Lago, which seems to have played a substantial role in this indictment in showing how Trump um, arranged for his assistant to move documents, move boxes of like dozens of boxes of documents so they wouldn't be searched by the lawyers who were attempting to comply with the subpoena from the FBI. It was very deliberate. They had the text messages between uh, Trump and Walter Nuda. Um, they have um, material uh, clearly from the attorneys who were involved, who uh, uh, Trump tried to um, pressure or cajole or both uh, into um, perhaps destroying documents, uh, having documents go missing, um, as well as the, you know, the activities of just, I mean, there are so many shocking parts of this indictment that I definitely want to talk with you about, Nicole, but I mean, genuinely shocking parts of this indictment. Really shocking. So, you know, we've got it here and I, and I got it, I tweeted it out. I, you know, I, I sent it out as soon as I saw it and I encourage as, as actually um, Jack Smith did encourage everyone to read it because unlike many legal filings, this one is written to, you know, so that even I can understand it. And I'm not really good at the legalese stuff. Um, it's written, well, it's seemingly I'm in plain not, English. That's not the case, but it is, it is well written uh, and written in plain English in a narrative that uh, anyone who's not a dupe could understand. That's right. So um, definitely do uh, do read it. But uh, there's, you know, we for the last few days, we've been hearing about this um uh, recording. Lordy, there are tapes. Well, at least there was one tape, somebody, and it, it sounds like it was one of his attorneys who taped him. Do you, um, but there are, there's the transcript here. Yes, um, there, one, one of the, one of the um, uh, verbatim portions of the, uh, of the complaint involves Trump sitting down with someone to write a biography of him and having his consent to tape him as he, shows, uh, you know, shows to them uh, uh, classified records about our national security, about our national defense, people who, um, as the indictment shows, um, people who did not have clearance to receive that information and had no reason to have that information. Trump uh, acting with such uh, dereliction of duty, such carelessness, such arrogance to share our national secrets with like his buddies, it's genuinely astonishing that anyone who held the office of president of the United States would behave in such a cavalier and reckless way. But that's what the indictment shows. And that indictment isn't just, as you know, from Jack Smith. This is an indictment by everyday Americans in Florida who sat hearing mountains of evidence about Donald Trump's conduct and found compelling evidence for not just one or seven counts, as Trump su suggested last night, but 37, 37 counts of criminal activity, which includes counts that are subject to imprisonment terms if they were served individually of 10 to 20 years, if they were served consecutively, you know, for 100 years or more, and millions of dollars in fines because these secrets are so important. They're so sensitive. There are a range of um, types of secrets which we can talk about, I hope we will, uh, based on the descriptions of them, but it's extraordinary 
quite frankly, that this man was ever, ever entrusted with these secrets. And it's extraordinary that anyone in their right mind, anyone who has any sense of responsibility to our nation, any sense of devotion to our Constitution, would support, and I'm saying this in my personal capacity, but would support Donald Trump returning to the Oval Office, a position for which he is is entirely unsuited. Right. So, so Lisa Graves, then how do you reconcile before we even saw the indictment, before we knew what the charges were, you had not only some of his fellow candidates for the Republican nomination for the presidency in 2024, just uh, all of a sudden just say, you know, I got him and, and if I'm elected president, I'll pardon him. But you have the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, you know, again, backing him up, not knowing what the charges are. That's the height of their responsibility, isn't it? It really is. It's it's irresponsible. It's reckless. It makes you wonder whether there's compromise or, you know, blackmail issues with some of these politicians who are so willing to throw the Constitution under the bus to serve this man or whether it's just, you know, greed and lust for power because they fear offending his uh, fans or the cult that supports him regardless of the evidence. But the fact is, is that anyone, any one of those leaders who's worked in the national security arena, who's had a responsibility for oversight over the uh, intelligence community like Kevin McCarthy does as one of the leaders of Congress, for him to uh, behave uh, in the fashion that he has in terms of disregarding the serious, very serious, severe nature of the breaches that are detailed in this complaint is genuinely appalling. It's appalling for a leader who has that responsibility, who actually is entrusted with receiving such information themselves as a as a leader of Congress to suggest that anyone would pardon this man for this intentional, reckless obstruction of justice that's laid out in these com- in this complaint. And, you know, I know everyone is entitled to a presumption of evidence or a presumption of innocence, innocence too. Presumption yes. of innocence. And certainly both Walter Noda and Trump are entitled to that presumption. And also the evidence presented in this complaint, it's compelling. It's based on direct evidence, based on video evidence, based on audio evidence, based on documentary evidence. And it is the it is a, a set of some of the most severe charges I could even imagine being levied, given the nature of the, the secrets to the extent that they were able to describe the documents, the type of material about Ooh. military movements, about our capacity to defend ourselves, about our nuclear our nuclear arsenal, about um, uh, the weaknesses or strengths of our allies or opponents um, in the world, in the global arena, things that go to the heart of the type of, of security measures that the intelligence com- community um, takes very seriously in order to protect the lives of every one of your listeners, right. the lives of everyone in America to be at such risk from this buffoon, this arrogant, uh, 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 just Really, I mean, I just a person of no who who has no integrity, and to behave with such lack of integrity in responding to returning documents that he never should have taken, and then waving them around to his the guy who's working on his super PAC to some random author of a book, uh, it's and that's just what we know from audio evidence. There's, you know, I'm sure those are not the only two incidents. Right. And, you know, there are other things about that that I think are unknown that we can talk about that I think should be explored as well. Oh, well, please do. I mean, I, I'm still looking. It's 49 pages and and there's not a lot of 
dead space in there. There's a lot of st- and and it's like one damning revelation after another. You know, before we even get to the transcript of where he basically admits that he knows that this document he's showing somebody one is classified. Two, he knows he didn't unclassify it. He knows three, it's too late to classify it. And he knows he should because he's no longer president. And he knows four, he shouldn't be showing it to this person he's showing it to. And yet he, he with such impunity, you know, number one, he's fundraising off of this already. And, and two, he's like, this is a witch hunt. It's a hoax. It's a, you know, a targeted. He's calling Jack Smith, um, a, a deranged lunatic. Uh, that's not what I saw on the TV a little while ago. No, I mean, you know, Trump always tries to smear people to uh, try to put plant an idea of about people in others heads through these sort of schoolyard bullying, quite frankly, bullshit name calling, um, baseless name calling. It's just it's right. so gross and juvenile. But that's, you know, what he does. But that's what he does, because you know, he's trying to distract from the truth, from the reality, from the facts. And the facts are, uh, as laid out in the complaint, damning to him, damning to him. And as you point out, Nicole, and as the complaint talks about, there, you know, the complaint shows this isn't just an accident. It wasn't just like with Pence or Biden in terms of, you know, documents that got accidentally uh, taken to, you know, when the when a person left office, they were returned. This is a case where he was deliberately trying to not return documents, asserting that he could keep them, asserting uh, asserting that he had a right to have them in these different four of these speeches and things. And yet when caught on tape, acknowledges that he shouldn't have them, that he can't declassify them, despite the ridiculous claims of him and one of his his national security guys who fortunately was blocked, blocked by the NSA from getting uh, a, a, a toehold at the NSA uh, suggests that he, with his mind, like some sort of magician, could just magically declassify thousands of documents in a room. It's just such absurdity. But he peddles that that BS to his fans and they eat it up. And, I, you know, I can't explain how people could believe such utter nonsense, such dreck. Um, but some people do. But I, I'm confident that, that the bulk of the American people, that American voters and a majority of American voters are not going to buy his BS over this because it, it is just transparently self-preservationist sorts of lies, deception. It is him at his worst, mm-hmm. you know, or some of his worst. And that's saying something. It, it, it really is. So, you know, I'm reading through this thing. And, and then the other night I'm watching whatever. I fall asleep with the TV on and I have um, uh, Nicole, uh, no, no, Alex uh, Wagner on. And she shows some footage from one of his rallies. And you know what these rallies, when people are holding signs, you can always tell the signs that people bring because they're primitive. They're drawn in with markers and things like that. Um, and then there are the signs that are pre-printed, you know, that have the the campaign logo and have stuff like that. And they're professionally done and they give them to the people as they walk in the venue. Well, they had signs, you know, in the Trump typeface and all that said hoax. So the fact that they have that plan, that they they know they're going to make a thing out of this. I, I actually almost, almost feel sorry for those people because they're lemmings. How stupid must you be to keep carrying water for this guy after all he's done? And if you would take the time 
take 15 minutes, read through this indictment. There's no way you can say, oh, it's all the same thing. It's what Joe Biden did. And they and they keep going back to Biden. We, we turned on Fox last night for just a minute because I had to hear what they were saying. And it was all somebody was screaming about Hunter Biden. Like, what, what, stop it. Are they, they're, they're just not serious people, are they? Well, you know, I, I, when I'm, when I'm trying to think about some of the, some of these followers, I think they, they have some sort of, um, you know, professed uh, defense or a love for the United States. They, you know, talk, they wrap themselves in the flag. They, they claim that they're trying to restore American greatness. Uh, They embrace his, his motto. But when, when you actually look at his conduct, none of it is actually restoring American greatness. It's, it's, trampling on our constitution right. it's trampling on you know and in fact as as the indictment sets forth trump himself in 2016 when he was running talked about the importance of protecting classification and classified information and that was all just bluster and and again you know yeah. him here to- they have this in number 22 it's on page nine if you're following along at home page nine of the indictment number 22 it says as a candidate for president of the united states trump made the following public statements among others about classified information and they have five of them On August 16th, Trump said, in my administration, I'm going to enforce all laws concerning the protection of classified information. No one will be above the law. And it goes on like that, except (laughs) him, because he thinks he's above the law. Well, hey, Donald, no, you're not. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that really stands out in this complaint. And I I think it's interesting in, in part because at one point, Trump was trying to bully Merrick Garland about the investigation. And so Garland appointed Jack Smith to do this, which, you know, I was a little bit concerned about at the time because it just seemed like, you know, here we are, it's 2023. Um, uh, you know, when is when is there going to when is this man going to be held to account? When will the rule of law actually be enforced as to him? Um, but that in that bullying of Merrick Garland that resulted in um, in Jack Smith being appointed, mm-hmm. you know, ends up being a, a, a real blessing in disguise because of Smith's prosecutorial chops, his seriousness, um, and the team that they've assembled. But also because, you know, quite frankly, these are such serious, serious matters. Um, and, you know, in that one instance, you know, back in August of 2016, Trump was white, right. Classification needs to be taken seriously. You know, I had top secret clearance when I was at the Justice Department. I read hundreds of FBI files that I can't discuss because they're top secret. <laughs> right. Then you'd um, have to kill us. Right. We right. don't want and them. I, you know, worked on national security issues and, and had to go over to the intelligence committees and, and the House and the Senate. You go into the SCIF. You know, you you can't take your phone, uh, you you know, because you, you they can't risk having you, you know, um, take pictures of, of documents or record conversations that are, um, you know, sensitive. That wasn't under our clearance because, you know, those those members and those staffers had their had clearance, in, including letter clearance, which um, letter clearance is, you know, so sensitive. And it's clear from the redaction that some of these documents in, involve that. A specialized, you know, special compartmentalized information um, that that is letter clearance. But some of this information was also what's called Five Eyes information, which is information that's only um, uh, uh, to be shared with um, the top uh, intelligence officials within our five closest intelligence allies within New Zealand, wow. Australia, and United Kingdom and Canada. 
other material that was in there was um, no foreign information, which is de a designation for this information is is that is not only top secret, but it cannot be shared with a foreign national. And one of the things about the indictment that is so stunning, and we, we sort of had a sense of this, but the way it's laid out is is stunning, is that, you know, this um, club, this Mar-a-Lago club has had wedding receptions and other receptions and parties and tens of thousands of people walking in and out of that club. And these documents were, you know, at one point put in a shower yes. in a bathroom. And then there's photos of the documents on the floor. Yes. Either like, Here's how there's no earthquakes. There's no earthquakes in Florida that I know of, but but someone was in there and mm -hmm. the documents, you know, presumably someone's in there and the documents were, um, you know, um, spread out, including classified materials. And then there were, you know, you know, dozens of those of those files. That picture you have there is, you know, of a couple maybe the bathroom, a couple right. of the files. But, you know, this, they were they were not secure. Nope. They were not in a secure facility. Uh, they were accessible to a range of people. And we know that foreign nationals, including potentially foreign spies, have attempted to get into Mar-a-Lago before and get access to Trump or access to information or access to electronic information, for example. I mean, it, it could not be. I mean, it, it, you, you can imagine a few places that would be less secure, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's basically certainly not secure. And um, and the other part that is is, you know, is just mind boggling is this sort of wink and nod behavior, almost like, you know, like a mobster saying to his lawyers, you know, just pluck that. If there's anything uh, troubling, just uh, pluck it just out. Pull it out. Right. Just like a, like know? it didn't exist. Like he was saying, well, maybe we should. Uh, and I'll find it. There's a transcript here. So you have his words saying, well, what if we just tell them that's all of it? There's nothing else, which is what right. they did. So. Right. You know, and so we now we see that coming uh, directly from him. But so Lisa Graves, uh, you alluded to, you know, your top secret clearance and everything. And I neglected to properly introduce you. These days you are uh, director of True North Research, where you do amazing work. You're on today as in your own as your own individual in your own capacity. But in your past, you served as a deputy assistant attorney general under both Janet Reno and um, under the Clinton administration John yeah. and John Ashcroft in the W administration. So, you know, you were right there looking at this stuff. And so, you know what? classification is and how important it is. Um, now, it, we had heard that there was a, one of the charges was conspiracy. Well, if there's conspiracy, there's got to be another defendant. And so they named this other defendant. You mentioned his name before. He's a 38-year-old former Navy guy who Trump met when he was, I guess he was on protective duty at the White House, and then Trump hired him. So now he's his body man. And so what, he gets to do all his dirty work? Well, I guess he was his valet at the White House, right. but you know, I'm also astonished to see a former service member um, engaged in this activity, given the oath that members of the military do take yeah. to uphold our constitution and defend it from enemies foreign and domestic. And the materials here that were in those boxes pertain directly to our national security, which is what our military service members are tasked to protect. Um, but I'm not entirely surprised since we've seen a number of these indictments on January 6th involve former or even current military yeah. or police. Um, and so unfortunately, we do have a problem in that area in our um, in our um, nation's agencies in both the military and uh, and the police to have and, and the FBI to have people who are so um, devoted to Trump that they would that they would 
ignore common sense and ignore the oaths that they've taken to defend our constitution um, and protect our national security. And so this the behavior of um, uh, Trump's valet or his uh, body man now um, is really extraordinary. And it also there's also a transcript in there, as, as you know, Nicole, where you can see him lying under oath, yeah. like directly lying. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he was under oath, I should say. He was lying in response to questions to the FBI, which is, um, and he was informed that lying to the FBI in response to questions is a federal crime, um, which it is under 18 U.S.C. 1001. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see his exact statements about not knowing that there were documents, saying that saying that he didn't even see these boxes until they were loaded in uh, for the first return of materials. And yet uh, the texts show that he, in fact, was the person who was uh, delivering those documents and, in fact, was the person who Trump was using. Uh, and I use that word specifically, but he was willing to be used to move documents around to mm-hmm. try to avoid um, the, the ability of people to see them. Um, and you and also it was have- moving them around. Not only it was it was moving them uh, under Trump's orders from yes. the White House to Mar-a-Lago, from room to room in Mar-a-Lago, and then out of Mar-a-Lago to Bedminster to get yes. them away because th- he knew that the feds were coming. He had been told by the National Records uh, uh, Depository, whatever it's called, that th- you need to turn this over. He'd been told by everybody, you need to turn, give these back. And so what does he do? He packs them up and has them sent away to keep, because they're mine, mine, Right. I mean, that's the other part. Like, I'm waiting for that shoe to drop. Where's where's the subpoena of Bedminster Golf Club? Um, Where is that subpoena? Because, quite frankly, it's clear that Trump moved dozens of boxes there. It's also clear from at least one of those audio exchanges that he was waving documents around at Bedminster at his golf club up there. Um, So it's clear there were classified materials that were um, not just at Mar-a-Lago, but another location. And um, and that was, you know, the that summer, when you look at the timeline of, of things, uh, you know, Trump was moving those documents out of Mar-a-Lago um, before the raid, basically, before a raid he probably suspected might be coming. Yep. And, and, and Walter Noda was helping him do so. And the report is that, uh, you know, over a dozen boxes were taken on a separate plane to go to Bedminster. Um, and that was um, that was the summer that uh, Ivana fell down the stairs and 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 died, and you know they were all up there for the summer in in Bedminster. And yeah. so, you know, what's happening in Bedminster? Where's where's that investigation? I'd like to see those documents and any video uh, from that uh, from that part of it because it, it seems quite clear that Trump was trying to move documents out of Mar-a-Lago to another location. And then, where did they go from there? Um, and it's not just that because it, that that's just part of the story, right? The other part of the story is. Who else was given the documents? Who else mm-hmm. was shown the documents? Mm-hmm. Were foreign nationals, were spies, were were foreign agents shown these documents? Um, did were these documents used to, um, you know, to uh, to advance other nefarious purposes or money making schemes by, uh, you know, by Trump or his closest um, allies? We don't know. That's not charged in this indictment, but it's given his behavior, it's not outside the realm of possibility. Um, and, you know, we also have other things that, you know, even Chris Christie spoke about this last week, this idea that, you know, um, Jared Kushner walks out of the White House and then just uh, uh, shortly thereafter gets 
you know, well over a billion dollars. Right. Um, All of a sudden that that building at 666 Fifth Avenue is not an issue anymore. When it was, it looked like it was going to upend the entire Kushner organization. Now it's just like, okay, that's taken care of. Well, well, that, that, you know, that building, the 666 building, which is like one of the worst real estate investments uh, in New York history was actually um, part of a, um, a financial arrangement um, that that it appeared to have been related to Qatar, um, not Saud, not the Saudis, right. but Qatar wow. and this other big investment firm that does a lot of real estate investment in the U.S., giving him a sweetheart deal. You know, why would anyone give him such a sweetheart deal except for that he he's the son-in-law of Trump? But the fact is, is that Trump uh, Trump has you know we know from the beginning he was trying to set up a secret channel. Um, his son, uh, Donald Trump Jr., was trying to set up a secret channel to speak with Russia from the Russian embassy in Washington, D.C., rather yep. than use the phones at the White House. Uh, Michael Flynn was involved in that operation, uh, you know, was subsequently pardoned for his lies and other activities. Um, but the fact is, is that we have someone in Trump who, um, you know, during meetings with Putin abroad would would send the other staffers away so that just he could speak on- solely with um, Putin, off, right. you know, without any record of their conversation, even though in prior administrations, you know, there are readouts. From always. Those conversations. Well, that's standard operating procedure. And he always sent everyone. He did it in Helsinki. So the only yeah. if I remember correctly, the only other person there was Putin's interpreter. We didn't yeah. even have anybody. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's just that it's just that the this indictment is serious and the and the materials that were discovered are serious, but I suspect they are not the only materials that he has mishandled, that he has shared with others, um, and and has done so to to try to seek his own advantage or puff himself up or for other other aims. Right. And so, you know, again, going back to the where we began, you have a president, former president now, who is subject to you know, a, an indictment of 37 counts, including conspiracy, including obstruction of justice, including, uh, uh, you know, de- getting uh, deceptive certifications made by his attorneys. And the then the descriptions of those documents are um, are stunning. I, right. I can't and- even imagine the, the reaction of the intelligence community, of the CIA, of the NSA, <laughs> of, um, of other agencies at the fact that and, and there's an actual there's a portion of the complaint where where Jack Smith details, I think, seven or more of these agencies and what their role is, including the geospatial, um, uh, the, NG, you know, the, the NGO um, uh, and other um, other agencies that are tasked with, you know, protecting our surveillance, for example, maps that he was revealing right. uh, to, to outsiders. Um, and and these are these are not you know I'm not someone as, as I'm someone who previously you know led the ACLU's legislative strategy on national security. I have fought for civil liberties protections within our national security laws, including surveillance laws. Um, I'm not someone who is you know an apologist for um, you know some of the foreign policy decisions that our country has made over time. But I am someone who takes seriously the importance of these types of secrets, of this type of surveillance of foreign states, of foreign mm-hmm. governments, of their capacity to harm us, of our capacity to defend ourselves from them. And, um, you know, to, to have president, to have anyone, to have a clerk uh, in the government behave this way would be shocking, but to have a president who took an oath of office to defend our constitution, to defend our nation, 
behaving this way. To me, it is treasonous, even though that's not a charge. Uh, he was, you know, there are charges under the Espionage Act, mm-hmm. but to me, it's treasonous. It's the, it's traitorous. It's um, it's just the lowest of the low for someone entrusted with such responsibility to have behaved in the way that Trump has. Exactly. And again, you know, all those people who are the Trump defenders, I know they haven't read this yet, because I think if you read it, there's no way you can say he that he didn't know what he was doing. Here's just one part. Trump's disclosures of classified information in private meetings. This is from page 14. It says in May 2021, Trump caused some of his boxes to be brought to his summer residence at the Bedminster Club. Uh, Like Mar-a-Lago, Bedminster was not an authorized location for the storage, possession, review, display or discussion of classified documents. Then it details this meeting that you talked about, Lisa, on July 21st, 2021, when he was no longer president, Trump gave an interview in his office at Bedminster to a writer and publisher in connection with a then forthcoming book. Two members of Trump's staff also attended the interview, which was recorded with Trump's knowledge and consent. Uh, Before the interview, the media had published reports that at the end of Trump's term as president, a senior military official purportedly feared that Trump might order an attack on country A. I think we've since learned that that was Iran, but it doesn't say it's just country A, and that the senior military official advised Trump against doing so. Upon greeting the writer, publisher, and his two staff members, Trump stated, quote, Look what I found. This was the senior military official's plan of attack. Read it and just show, read it and just show it's interesting. And then later in the interview, he said, well, with this unnamed senior military official, uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack country A. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, this was him. They presented me this. This is off the record. But they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. And the writer says, wow. And Trump says, we looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. Pages, long look. A staffer says, hmm. Trump says, wait a minute. Let's see here. The staffer laughs. Yeah. Trump says, I just found it. Isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know, except it's like highly confidential. And the staffer laughs and says, yeah. And Trump says, secret. This is secret information. Look at this. Look at this. You attack and... And by the way, isn't that incredible? And the, the staffer says, yeah. And Trump again says, I was just thinking because we were talking about it. And, you know, he said he wanted to attack country A and what this was done by the military and given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Right. And the staffer said, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to. And Trump says, declassify it. And the staffer says, yeah, figure out like figure out a way. And this is when Trump says, see, as president I could have declassified it. And again, the staffer laughs and goes, yeah. And then Trump says, now I can't, you know, but this is still a secret. And the staffer says, yeah, now we have a problem. And Trump says, isn't that interesting? The problem was he just he just released. He gave this classified information that he admitted was still classified, that he didn't declassify it to this reporter who has no and a staffer, neither of whom have the clearance to see any of this stuff. It's 
mind boggling. Yeah, it really, it really is. That was a great dramatic reading. Oh, Nicole. thank you. Was, thank you. That was, I mean, you just, you just can't, you can't make this up. Like this is, this, we, we, you know, I think the other press rep- is reporting that that was General Milley who was very concerned. That's right. That following the election that Donald Trump lost, despite all of his lies about it, that he might actually start a war with another country, with the country of Iran. I attack, attack Iran as a basis for uh, either trying to stay in power beca- uh, to continue that war or perhaps to leave a hell of a mess for his successor. Um, but just this, 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 the risk that we were facing then that a, that a general uh, in, you know, in our um, military structure had to be concerned about whether he could actually follow the orders of a commander in chief who was so unstable, so selfish, so reckless that he might actually, you know, use our forces, our military personnel, our treasure, our blood to attack another country for political reasons, for his own political gain. And then there you have um, this this display of this of this man um, bragging to people who have no business knowing that, no business having access to that secure document, no business seeing it, right. being able to see it uh, in that room, um, looking at him and looking at it. Um, it's just, it's just so reckless that it's, it's just a, it's, it's, it's genuinely appalling. It, it is. You know, there's another se- se- section where it recounts him doing the same thing with, with a representative from some political pack, showing him a classified map of country B. But this is, this is my favorite part. On May 23rd, 2022, Trump met with Trump attorney one and Trump attorney two at Mar-a-Lago to discuss the response to the May 11th subpoena. Trump attorney one and Trump attorney two told Trump that they needed to search for documents that would that would be responsive to the subpoena and provide a certification that there had been compliance with the subpoena. Trump, in some and substance, it says, made the following statements, among others, ha- as memorialized by Trump attorney one. So this is one of Trump's attorneys who testified. I guess either they recorded it or wrote the stuff down right after the fact to memorialize it. So they had a record of it. His first statement was, and this is Trump speaking. I don't want anybody looking. I don't want anybody looking through my boxes. I really don't. I don't want you looking through my boxes. The next one is, well, what if we, what happens if we just don't respond at all or don't play ball with them? This is what we were talking about before. Then, then he said, wouldn't it be better if we just told them we don't have anything here? Well, look, isn't it better if there are no documents? This is him trying to get, t- t- telling his attorneys to lie that, or I'll lie and you swear to it. Yeah, it, it reminds me of that that sort of famous quote: "When you lie down with dogs, you get fleas." Yeah, um, you know these attorneys were people who signed on to work for Trump, knowing his background, knowing his record, knowing how much clearly there's been so much documentation of his lies and his deceitfulness. Um, but even that was, you know, this scenario was just a step too far for them. Um, you know, there there are whole chapters of ethics books for lawyers about what to do if you're if your attorney is basically going to lie and you know they're going to lie, you you can't participate in that lie. You can't help them um, commit perjury on the stand. For example, you have there's a you know things you have to do if you're in that circumstance to protect your client's interests in um, you know in having adequate representation, but also to protect your interest 
from not suborning perjury, uh, from not losing your own law license to aid in a criminal act by your client. And that's what Trump was signaling there and in, in, in other parts of the indictment as well. And so it's, it seems clear that at least one of the attorneys, you know, uh, was trying to make sure that, that he did not commit a crime, uh, was not party to a crime. Then there's another attorney in there, um, which I'm eager to see confirmation of who it is. I'm not going to speculate right now, but I have a pretty good idea of who it is, uh-huh. uh, who basically signed off on uh, one of the affidavits without ever having that, that, that they had searched for documents without ever having looked at the documents. Wasn't that the woman? I thought, I thought that was already. I believe it is. Yeah. yeah I believe, I believe Because the and others the, refused to do it and they said, yeah, Oh, they, you know, she'll do it. And she yeah, did. Like, right. Like that, like that old life commercial with Mikey. <laughs> right, he'll eat <laughs> anything. He'll, he'll eat it, you know? <laughs> um, but then, you know, there's also a portion where you have an exchange with one of the female relatives of Trump. Um, we don't know whether which whether that's one of his daughters or someone else. Um, you know, we don't know who it is, who who knows there are documents there, too. And maybe is trying to avoid getting, getting mixed up in the documents by saying there's no room for boxes on the plane. We're going uh, right. we're going north with, um, you know. So, I mean, clearly it was a, an open secret that that Trump had taken so many documents, had taken all these boxes with him and that they were being stored willy nilly around Mar-a-Lago. I, for a moment there, I was thinking is, is, you know, is, is Trump like, you know, is this some sort of like Inspector Clouseau from the old, uh, you know, from the old movies? You just like, you have this, this buffoonery going on. Is it like Joe Bluth from Arrested Development? Like yes. <laughs> you just have this, this level of um, uh, just, just stupidity and yet uh, some sort of uh, confidence that he can get away with this, like, I almost can hear the Benny Hill music as Walter Newt is moving the boxes around. And, oh, and they wait, did, right. Go. And it recounts it. Shower. No, it, wait, we're going to move on. Oh, wait, the attorneys are coming. I'm going to move them over here. Um, you know, it, it's really. It's, it's like I mean, a game of, you know, find the thing under the cups as we move the yeah, shuffle the cups yeah. around. Oh, it is. It, it's like that. Right. It's like that game, that that classic con. That classic That's right. Con game with the ball and the cup. That's right. You know, and and um and and you know, I, I would be appalled by anyone doing that. But again, someone who was the president of the United States who was entrusted for the time in his office with those documents. And the other part of that complaint that I think is interesting is how it describes uh, how the indictment describes these are not Donald Trump's documents. You like a president is a temporary steward of that office. They're not a permanent person. They're not king. They're not his documents. These are the documents that belong to the United States and essence to the American people that are being held, you know, in trust uh, to protect our interests by these intelligence agencies. They are not his documents. And I don't think Trump, I mean, he certainly understands that when he's talking about the declassification project, you know, process, he knows at a certain level that they're not his. That's why he's trying to hide them and keep them. Uh, that's why he says that, you know, they, he, he, he can't declassify that now that he's no longer president. On another level, he's telling his followers, these people who believe almost anything he says, that he, of course he could keep them. Of course, this is nothing different. Of course, he can declassify anything. He was the president. Um, you know, th- those, those are lies. <laughs> those are lies. Right. And what I'm really, really proud of today um, you know, and coming into this June 9th, where we now see this, but what I'm really proud of is that our ordinary Americans, uh, ordinary Floridians in the midst of all the chaos that we see in Florida, ordinary Floridians said, no, 
And they didn't just say it for one count. They didn't just call it a misdemeanor. They didn't just, you know, do seven like Trump suggested last night. These are 37, 30, you know, because we'd heard seven. And when I when it came down today and I see 37, I went, holy shit, 37. And these are criminal counts. This is a criminal case. This is not a civil case like what was brought in New York. Right. 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 This is a criminal case. And and like I said, this is a case where where we look at like charges one through 30 or something. Each each of those counts. It was a potential 10-year prison sentence, uh, 10 to 20 years. Um, and when you look through the counts, it's, this is not like a six-month thing. This is not something where you'd, you would do a plea agreement for like a, uh, you know, a 90-day community service thing. These are extraordinarily serious charges that carry very heavy penalties, felony-level penal, felony penalties, and felony-level fines. And it's not like a fine or or this or the uh, time right it's the time typically and the fine um and uh you know you just you just i just i mean even with everything we've seen since he came down that escalator uh you know seven years ago to see this in black and white to see it with the description of the quality of evidence um that is um described in that in that indictment um, to see ordinary Americans, a jury, a grand jury who sat for weeks, if not probably months and months, um, to say this is the just result to charge this man um, and to try him for these crimes. Um, and it, at the end of the at the end of the indictment, you see a statement where um, Jack Smith and the uh, assistant U.S. attorney who's working with him on this particular indictment describe that they anticipate that the trial would take 21 days. Yeah, which is you know. Uh, really 21 working days, right, which is right. more than a month yeah. to present those, present this material, present the video, present the audio, uh, find a way to describe the documents that doesn't reveal the true secrets within those documents, but enough evidence that the jury um, can understand them. Um, and you also can see with this indictment that um, those jurors took very seriously their oath of office. And they're not swayed by the fact that Trump declared his 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 run for election so early. That's actually not germane. You don't get to declare your yourself a candidate and therefore evade all uh, potential accountability for criminal activity. Um, that's just not the way the world works. And and even in America, with how many struggles we've had with the undue influence of some super wealthy people in our elections, it's still the case that it doesn't matter whether you're a former president or you're a millionaire or billionaire, it doesn't matter if you're famous, you, sh- you must be held to account under the law. And this is a this uh, indictment is a testament to the rule of law that no one is above the law, despite Trump's efforts, as you said, and he said, to basically hold himself out well, as above the law. Exactly. But here's the problem, Lisa. You still have the the Republican Party, at least in the House, bending over backwards to have his back. I mean, you got to wonder what 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 would it take for these people to finally admit, okay, this guy is bad news. At least in the Senate, for the most part they're not saying anything. And a couple of them have said Mitt Romney came out and said like enough already. Um but most they're they're at least not siding with him like they are in the house. I find that astounding. Astounding. Yeah, Asa, Hutch- Asa Hutchinson, who I wasn't a big fan of, you know, no. he's a 
uh, 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 Southern uh, governor, former, I think, I think he was the one who was the former head of the DEA. He's been a pretty right wing guy, but yeah. he was like, listen, drop out. Yes. Um, that you are not suited to run again for this high office based on this indictment. I, I mean, I think the house is just, it, it really is. Um, it's so sad, quite frankly, that, uh, that America in the, you know, in the year 2023 has, has a house that's filled with so many extremists. One of the interesting things that came out yesterday was a decision by the U S Supreme court in a, a challenge to a part of the Alabama. Yeah. There was, you know, sort of a surprise decision that, that um, uh, chief justice John Roberts and, um, and Brett Kavanaugh sided with the three um, women uh, appointed by Democratic presidents about the fact that there was voter dilution in the way these maps were drawn in Alabama and that the voter dilution violated the Voting Rights Act. Yes. You know, I'm not prepared to praise that decision as anything other than holding the status quo. Exactly. Right. John Roberts, you know, ongoing assault on other key portions of the Voting Rights Act. But the other part of that case that's worth noting is that the Supreme Court held off on ruling on those challenges to those maps before the 2022 midterm elections All right. and had the standard that was upheld today, which was just basically the status quo as it existed in 2022, mm-hmm. been applied, we would not have a Republican control of the legislature of the House of right. Representatives because so many maps were affected by the court's refusal to apply existing longstanding law regarding vote dilution and those maps, the dilution of voters of, of, of voters in those states that had um, had that had the status quo actually been enforced by this very politicized Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. These Republicans would not hold the speakership. Kevin McCarthy would not be the leader. Uh, and and the, and this, you know, kangaroo court of Margaret Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and uh, Matt Gates and this whole sort of crew of just. MAGA, like the super MAGA Republicans, they're all MAGA Republicans, basically, other right. than Romney, but the super MAGA Republicans, the, the people who are just lying to their, and, and, and saying such, quite frankly, unbelievably uninformed, ridiculous things, moronic things yes. like Mark Taylor Green, like they would not have hardly any sway because the Republicans right. would not control they, they'd that be body. They'd be the laughing stocks that they are. They would be just like, oh, shut up already. Let We'll, we'll get on with the business of, you know, governing. Right. Because <laughs> um, they're certainly not. They don't care about, all they care about is, you know, it, it payback. You know, it's, it's like a grudge match for them. Um, but that's astounding, you know, Lisa. I had read that with this ruling from the Supreme Court, a big surprise yesterday. And you're right. It's not, they didn't do anything great. They did what they should have done. They held the line. Um, And, and, but for 2024, there are implications there because Alabama will have to have another majority black district. That's what the Supreme Court said. And hopefully some other case, other states as well. Maybe, who knows, like in Florida, where the governor did away with the majority, you know, black district in northern florida just because he could um so this could mean three or four seats automatically picked up by the democrats which means control of the house but i didn't take it to the next step meaning that they wouldn't have gotten there had this had the supreme court done what it should have done in the first place and they didn't delay it um Wow, we're we're almost at the end of the hour there's so much here lisa thank you so much for joining us today um now, now here's where I, you know, throw a wrench in, in the proceedings because so 
the all of the investigation it seemed like was being done in dc that's where we thought the grand jury was and the grand jury was but there was this other grand jury impaneled in south florida that we weren't aware of until very recently and that's who who handed down the indictment and so it's gonna be the case will be brought in south florida because they said that's where the bulk of the crimes occurred because when he was at mar-a-lago and he was no longer president he went through all these machinations to deceive the country and keep stolen materials and, you know, endanger the national security. So two things. One is Florida, not exactly um, New York when it comes to attitudes towards Trump. And the other is Judge Eileen Cannon. What? Yeah, that's a gut punch. I have to say that's a gut punch because this is someone who never, ever should have been confirmed to the bench she was not, she, she did not have the suitable qualifications to become a federal judge, a lifetime appointee. She was handpicked by Trump for his home district, in essence, to, to be at the at the district court that closest to Mar-a-Lago. She's someone who behaved, in my view, also recklessly Hard in the life. previous uh, in the previous litigation that she handled that involved Trump and really put her thumb on the scale of justice. She was rebuked by the 11th Circuit, the 11th Circuit, which includes Florida, Alabama, um, and uh, Georgia, uh, it is not a liberal circuit. Oh. It is a very um, sort of right wing uh, a cast of judges who over, over time it's been tr- traditionally that way. And I could detail some of the you know challenges with some of those judges and their background. But um, this is a judge, a district court judge who who was rebuked by a panel of other Republican appointees yes. for her behavior. If she had any common sense. Uh, in my view, she would recuse herself and get that case handled by someone else. I don't know that she does because I don't know why she was chosen, why she was picked from obscurity for this role. Does, you know, are there other relationships or ties? I don't know. I, I you know, I, I, I sort of hesitate to speculate, although I'm sort of almost Im- compelled to because she was so unsuited for this role. She'd, yes. you know, been a, an assistant U.S. attorney for a very short time. She didn't have a distinguished career. Um, why would why would Trump choose her? Uh, and and she rewarded him immediately. That's right. You're in the prior case. So if there's justice, um, if, if the court, if the if the federal court system wants to try to retain a shred of credibility, there will be encouragement for her to recuse herself and let someone else who does not have her demonstrated history of bias and also just um, er- erroneousness. The way she handled that previous case was just flat out wrong and contrary to the law designed to kind of drag it out basically to help Trump or try to help him. So, um, yeah, it's worrisome. I hope that she recuses or is is somehow required to recuse and that we can ensure that we get a fair judge that people can trust to fairly administer the law, to fairly preside over a jury trial uh, in this case and not someone like her who who demonstrably is un, unsuited to be uh, unbiased when it comes to Trump. Right. You know, Lisa, I did hear somebody, one of the, it might've been Neil Katyal on MSNBC, uh, who seems to be pretty um, reasonable, saying that, that you know, there's no way this judge will be the, the final judge, you know, overseeing this case. It's just not going to happen. So I have to hope, and he gave more reasons that I'm not qualified to, to try to paraphrase what he said, but it sounded reasonable. It sounded uh, like it made sense. And I have to hope he's right because yeah, yeah, that would, that <laughs> I, would... Tr- I trust Neil. I worked with him at just remember he was in the SG's office. He's a really smart guy. Seems... He's very uh, level 
uh, headed, very clear about the law. And so I hope that he, I hope that, I, I know he's right as a legal matter. I hope that he's right as a practical matter. You and me both. Look, I worry enough about getting a, um, a, a decent jury in South Florida, and especially where her courtroom is. It's in Jupiter, so it's the north end of Palm Beach County. Um, the further south you go, the more look Broward towards Broward, you get more reasonable people. The further north you go outside of Palm Beach County, then you get into the deep south, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was up there in Jupiter and uh, um, Juno. It's got such beautiful beaches mm. um, and it is uh, filled with a lot of Trump flags. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, most of Florida is these days and that's really upsetting um, because, you know, I've lived here most of my life, actually, more than I've lived in any other state. And it's it's it is upsetting. Well, um, I, I've never I never thought I'd see a day in which Americans who claim themselves to be patriots would actually carry a flag of a person uh, versus, you know, right. versus, you know, that would be in competition with the actual American flag or, or to alter that flag. But that's a conversation for another for another day. Um, it was uh, wonderful to be on your show, Nicole. It was so good to have you, Lisa. And I'm sorry, I couldn't get the video working. <laughs> He's like, come on camera. I can't I can't bring the picture in. It's always something. But um, to have your voice is just amazing. Thank You've given us so much information. Thank you for lending your uh, legal expertise and your personal opinions. And um, uh, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Um, one last thing is, how's your puppy? Oh, my puppies are, my, uh, my, my puppy's doing well, growing by leaps and bounds. So uh, thanks for asking me, you know, Nicole, uh, your, your listeners may not know that you are a fantastic artist. I've got a commission. <laughs> Uh, commission a painting of, of my doggo. Well, from I you. started, you know, you posted a picture of what is her name? Blue? Yeah, Blue. Of, yeah. Uh, on the internet when you got her. And I don't know if yeah. you can see behind me. I started trying to paint her. It was difficult because it wasn't the best lit picture, but it's it's a work in progress. Uh, here, <laughs> oh, here, I'll show, oh, I'll show you. It's a work oh, in well, progress. That, that's very, that is very thoughtful. Oh, there she is. Oh, my goodness. So, wow! I just you need know, to get detail. She's a great. She's like a great Dane. So, oh, and really? she has a fearsome, a fearsome, a fearsome bark. She is a great uh, protective dog. So, thanks, <laughs> thanks well, for your please your, send your tribute to her. Send me yeah. a couple more pictures of her, and then I can finish it. I just need I need more detail stuff. So, so okay. send me some All recent right. pictures of her, and I'll finish it and send it to you. Uh, thanks, Nicole. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate your uh, walking us through this. This has been uh, very helpful. Uh, indeed. Uh, All right. You have a wonderful right. weekend. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. All right. Lisa Bye. Graves, everyone. Uh, find her, of course, at um, uh, uh, on the Twitters at the Lisa Graves. And her day job is truenorthresearch.org. She runs this organization, which has been exposing Leonard Leo and dark money groups and all the, the really bad people. That's what she does. She runs these investigations at True North Research that unearths these. She's the one who who informed us about the Koch brothers and about Alec and all that. Lisa has done amazing work uh, over the years. And, and I love that she shares her expertise with us when I have questions about uh, legal issues, especially when it pertains to, you know, the former guy. And um, yeah. So anyway, uh, with that, we're done but I did promise I have one thing queued up. So in case you missed Jack Smith earlier today, when he did, it's the first time we'd heard him speak. He got up um, 
to address uh, the public. Uh, as usual, did, did not expect him to take questions, and he did not. But um, he announced the indictment of Donald Trump. So I'll leave you with this, and I'll see you Monday. Um, it's okay to celebrate. Since Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon, we Americans have not held our president responsible when he breaks the law. We've been watching the White House plumbers thing on um uh, Max, not HBO anymore. My favorite line that I heard today was, so HBO Max is now just Max. Um, Peacock, your turn. Sorry, I guess I should, I should have had this handy when I said that. Anyway, anyway, I digress. Um, I will leave you with the, um, the, uh, the wonderful words of, of Jack Smith, and I'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend. Take it away, Jack. Good afternoon. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with felony violations of our national security laws, as well as participating in a conspiracy to obstruct justice. This indictment was voted by a grand jury of citizens in the Southern District of Florida. And I invite everyone to read it in full to understand the scope and the gravity of the crimes charged. The men and women of the United States intelligence community and our armed forces dedicate their lives to protecting our nation and its people. Our laws that protect national defense information are critical to the safety and security of the United States, and they must be enforced. Violations of those laws put our country at risk. Adherence to the rule of law is a bedrock principle of the Department of Justice, and our nation's commitment to the rule of law sets an example for the world. We have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. Applying those laws, collecting facts, that's what determines the outcome of an investigation. Nothing more and nothing less. The prosecutors in my office are among the most talented and experienced in the Department of Justice. They have investigated this case hewing to the highest ethical standards, and they will continue to do so as this case proceeds. It's very important for me to note that the defendants in this case must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. To that end, my office will seek a speedy trial in this matter, consistent with the public interest and the rights of the accused. We very much look forward to presenting our case to a jury of citizens in the Southern District of Florida. In conclusion, I would like to thank the dedicated public servants of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, with whom my office is conducting this investigation and who work tirelessly every day upholding the rule of law in our country. I'm deeply proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Jack Smith. Thank you. Uh, if you're still with me, hold on, because I think if I, can, if I can do this really fast, uh, I, I didn't plan for it, but I just had a brain storm. And, I, and I, I've got a couple of real quick little songs to, to share with you. 
if if I can get them up really fast. Sorry, let me um let me get rid of this video. Put this up for a second. And if you're still with me, hold on. I promise I'll make it worthwhile. Uh, if I can find the right file, where are you today's show? There we are. Okay, so this is um there's a guy on the uh, the Twitters, the YouTubes, wherever wherever they are. Oh my God, now I can't even bring it up from here. Damn it. Okay, you know what? I can do it here. <laughs> this is what I get for not planning ahead. All right, uh, it's coming in just just a moment. Um, here we go. Two songs from the guy on the on the uh, TV on the on the interwebs who uses the um, the screen name. Still one black man's opinion. Okay, you ready? Let's try to get this going for you. Here you go. Oops. Hey, Donald Trump, I know that you're mad. Stepping perturbed and a little bit sad. There ain't a whole lot you can do. Black in one way, Donald Trump. What's that coming down the road? You're gonna have a bad day. It was worth it, right? <laughs> one more. One more. One more from him. Still one black man's opinion. Great weekend, everyone. <laughs> Bye. He is one black man's opinion on TikTok. That's who he is. One black man's opinion. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye.